What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Golly Dating 101 podcast. It's your host, Tavares, and we have my boy back on the episode with us, Sean Lewis. What's popping? What's going on, family? How are y'all doing today? Welcome to Godly Dating Podcast 101. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with you, bro. But yeah, my boy's back on another episode. You know, so you know we're about to have some fun. We want to talk about something, as you can see by the title, is going to be interesting. How was the church pressuring singles into marriage? First of all, I want to start this episode off with thank you for all you guys that keep tuning in week after week. You guys never cease to amaze me. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the reviews, all the shares. We have a whole lot of guests lined up. And today is just the first of some amazing lists that, you know, that we got going on. So let's just dive right in. Sean, you see the topic, brother. What's your thoughts on the church pressuring singles? Oh, man, I've seen it and I see it every day. Um, it, it, it is a thing that happens. It's true. It's going on. It's happening. Uh, it's crazy, but it's happening. I mean, I, um, when I was talking about this topic with Safa and, you know, my wife isn't on this episode today, but we we're discussing it and we were talking because in my head, you know, it could be a cultural issue. But I know of a lot of people that aren't in our Jamaican culture, you know, and they're seeing it inside their churches as well, whereas churches feel like, you know what I mean? I guess you reach a certain age, they got to start, you know, dealing, you know, start pushing you towards that direction. But in my head, it's like, how, how does that make any sense? You know, so it's like so one of the things that I notice is churches will constantly ask the person what they're waiting on. You know what I mean? Like when you're at elementary you don't hear anything. Middle school, you don't hear anything. High school, they don't want to say nothing. You know what I mean? But once you're like college age or you hit 20s, now they ask, what are you waiting on? You know what I mean? Like, I don't get the logic behind what are you waiting on? And, you know, I have a problem with that because people in the church, especially a lot of leaders, they push marriage like it's the ultimate goal of Christianity. Like they make it seem like we come to church and, you know, we lift our hands and we're crying and, you know, we sing these songs and we do our weekly devotion and we go through basically a ritual is how they're pushing it all so that God can give us a spouse. That that doesn't make any sense. You know, the Bible says in (laughs) Psalms 37 and four, you know, that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, you know, he'll give us the desires of our heart. So I do know if that desire is in your heart, that God is able to honor that desire. But a lot of people take that verse out of context. Like they put God into like a genie box, you know? So if I want a spouse, God is just going to deliver that. You know, but I think that's wrong because it's saying if you're delighting in God, like it's conditional, which means that if I'm delighting in God, if he doesn't want me to have a spouse, then that means my desire should change. And if he does, that desire might stay there. You know what I mean? But but delighting in God does not guarantee everything that I want is going to happen on my timeline. It doesn't happen, you know, how I think it should happen or how the church thinks it should happen, you know, but the goal of a relationship is more of God. You know what I mean? Like if we think we're going to church and a good Christian spouse is a good cookie for our good behavior. Like we're completely wrong. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense that we think going to church and serving God and obeying the scriptures just means it's all about a spouse. Like, no, I think, I think that's wrong when the church pushes that mentality because a lot of people are trying to grow spiritually, you know, and then the church is just looking at them like, Hey, why are you still single? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then even if you go deeper into that scripture, um, the desires of your heart. I know a lot of people like to put it as like things that they 
day one. But if you if you delight in the Lord, you're gonna have the desires of His heart. It's not really gonna be your heart anymore. It's not gonna be your heart's desires. Your desires yeah. be um, what God desires for you, and a spouse might not be that desire. I know the first thing that God desires from us is intimacy and a relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. And if from that a spouse comes of that, then great, cool. But the first thing we're supposed to be focusing on is um, our relationship with Him as a whole and getting to know um, God as good as we can and to to dive into the Word and to learn as much as we can about Him so our relationship with Him is strong. So when we do bring someone else into the fold, you know what I'm saying, that we're a whole person ourselves. Yeah. Together is way better than, you know what I'm saying, you at what, 40% and then the other person at 30 and you just trying to make it work. <laughs> trying to make it work. Like that. that's not how this should be. You know what I'm saying? So like, all right, so if we look at the scriptures, so when it comes to Adam, all right, so when it comes to relationships, no matter what the church thinks, we have to go back to the Bible. So we go to Genesis 2. I'm reading the King James Version. Obviously, you can read whatever you want, you know. Um, but Genesis 2 and 15, the Bible says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So before there was Eve, you know, and it was just God. It was just Adam, you know, just the creation so far. God gave Adam a job to fulfill. You know, so God made Adam. And what's that? Go ahead. Yeah, and you got, and you got to, um, I hate to interject, and you have to uh, think on that because, like, if you think about Adam was there by himself, there's a reason. Like, God does everything in, in decency mm-hmm. and order. Mm-hmm. So he had Adam by himself so he could download everything into him that was needed to be known. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To, to spend that one-on-one time with him. So when he did give him his spouse, he was able to, you know what I'm saying, to give her the laws of the land and to let her know everything that was going on. As we know what happens after that, but you know, go ahead, keep going. I'm with you. <laughs> no, no, no. You make you good <laughs> points though, because I think a lot of people don't take that into consideration. A lot of people don't realize, you know, before there was all of creation and humans running around, there was just Adam. Adam had a job to fulfill. So before Eve was in the picture, Adam was already operating in God's will. You know, Adam was already doing the stuff God told him to keep the garden, to dress it, to take care of it, to nurture the ground. You know to be a gardener, basically, take care of God's, um, God's earth. And then if we jump down three verses to verse 18, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. So one of the first things I want to make clear is, Adam didn't say it wasn't good for me to be alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, one, no one was around Adam to say, Oh, man, this doesn't look good. The monkeys weren't, you know, just doing their thing and looking at Adam like, Boy, you ain't got nothing. I don't believe Adam was looking at the tigers like, man, they're really mating and I'm not mating. with any. I don't believe that's what was happening. I believe before Adam could even see that there was an issue, God in his sovereignty, God in all of his wisdom already knew, OK, this would be better if I gave the man, you know, someone to be in a relationship with because that's who God is. God is a God of relationship. You know, so God was the one who decided it. You know what I mean? And the problem is in church, they want to decide when it's not good for a man to be alone. But God knows when it's good for Adam to be left by himself. God knew that. Yeah, so you, we read. Yeah, they, they want to be God. Exactly. We <laughs> see a three verse difference, but we don't know if that was a year. We don't know if that was weeks. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to, we're trying to define God by our own human limitations, but that's not the case, you know? And then we see a spouse was given to help Adam with his purpose. You know, the Bible mentions that Eve was his help meet. Eve was not there just for sex. Eve was not just there just to make his life. She was there making his life better. You know what I mean? And a lot of times people think singles need to get married 
And they're thinking, you know, in the church, they're thinking you need to get married because it's really about sex for a lot of these people. You know what I mean? You're marrying somebody that yeah. the, the sex is fire, boy, is going down at night. And the rest of the day, your life is miserable. The rest of the day, they're not helping with anything in the house. The rest of the day, they're not so, helping you to your purpose. So me, you know what I'm saying? So let me ask you a question, because if we go, if we go that route, right, the sex is fire. We're not supposed to be having sex before marriage, right? No. So yeah. you you're not supposed to know what that's like. You know what I'm saying? That's not supposed to happen outside of a marriage sense. Exactly. So that's another thing that messes it up. It's like, oh, these people already having sex. So let's go ahead and, and hook them up and get them married. And that creates issues in itself um, with singles. Because even if you're married and you still haven't dealt with that lust that you have, it's going to be an issue in your marriage. It's going to be an mm-hmm. issue even when you're not single. So um, that's why I think it's dangerous to pressure um, singles to get married when they're not ready. You have to make sure that a person is a whole person and really ready to to take this because marriage ain't easy, bro. It is not yeah, easy. it's not. It's not. You're definitely <laughs> right. And I say that because I know for a fact myself still battled lust and still to this day have to crucify my flesh. You know what I mean? Because I know I'm not immune to anything just because I'm married now. It doesn't matter that my wife is beautiful. I'm not immune to being tempted. You know what I mean? So no, nah, definitely you make some good points. But my thing is really is just that many in church would rather, you know, the singles to have a spouse before finding their purpose, which is very <clears throat> unbiblical. You know what I mean? You cannot you cannot push someone into marriage when they don't know who they are. You can't push someone into marriage when not only do they not know who they are, but they aren't doing anything. You know what I mean? So you want God to give you a help meet to help you do nothing. You want God to add to yeah. your idleness. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. A lot of people don't reach their potential or don't even see their potential until God blesses them with a good wife or God blesses them with a good husband that pulls greatness out of them. But at the same time, if you're a believer and you're in church just doing nothing, just because you hit 20, 30, 40, that does not mean you're ready for marriage. You know what I mean? So we got to look at the picture. We can't just think because uh, I hit a certain age, you know? Yeah, and it's dangerous too when you uh, make, because trying to find a relationship, a marriage relationship can become that idol, like you said, and then you're not even focused on God. You're trying to focus on who your next spouse is going to be and you take your eyes all off of God and you end up sinking like Peter when he walked on that water. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You take your eyes off Jesus for a second, you're going to sink. So um, that's why that's dangerous also because you begin to go to these conferences and um, I don't know if a lot, I don't know. I know in the UPC we have conferences and you go to them. And, well, y'all got uh, so many speak. conferences. I've never even heard of but Yeah, continue, continue. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm saying this, you, you go to these conferences and um, they've become uh, not about going to get a word, but yeah. going, to, going to to see who I can meet or who's going to be there, or um, mm-hmm. let's link up when we get there. And um, that's dangerous in itself. That's no sad, one's saying bro. not to go in and you know what I'm saying meet. You know, what I'm you might meet your husband, your dreams out there, but um, keep the main thing. The main thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, Jesus becomes a back burner to what I'm trying to accomplish when I get there. Like, man, I've been talking to this boy on Instagram, or I've been talking to this girl on Instagram, and. Um, he's going to be there. So let me go ahead and um, get ready to go to this conference. And I'm getting all my outfits ready to look good to see this person. And I'm not even getting my spiritual self right to go ahead and right. try to, you know what I'm saying, break through some of these barriers or things that would get me better for a marriage relationship. So, so let me say that. So, all right. So you made a good point, all good points. But my thing is, do you think that's the church's fault for pushing that? Or like people keep seeing a recurring theme? Or do you think it's just those specific individuals? Because... Those are good points, but at the same time, is it because of specific people, or do you think the church, you know, do you think the church is the reason why a lot of people are getting that mentality? 
I think it's a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, once you start to see something for so long, it becomes a part of the culture. Yeah, yeah. True, and true, sometimes true. it gets to a point to where, like, it's out of control. So you don't even know who to blame anymore or there's nobody to blame. It's just, like, it's just got to the point to where there's no control on it. But you have to try to figure out a way to try to rein it back in. You know what I'm saying? And get it back to where it needs to be. Okay. No, that makes sense. I definitely agree with that. You know, because I've gone to church events, whereas I'm looking like, well, I'm surrounded by Christian sisters. So that means, you know what I mean? Like, whoever I holler at, as long as she's pretty, I know what she believes. You know what I mean? We get that wrong impression so many times. You know what I mean? But I don't feel like as though it was always because of me. I feel like I saw that so often in church. Like you said, that I knew my boy was going there. He was pursuing this girl. And I knew she was going there. And I knew she was going to come with her Sunday best. Or she was going to have on the best outfit. You know what I mean? So it just like it shows that even yeah. though you're going to the right places, you can have the wrong motives. So, no, nah, I definitely agree yeah, with that. Yeah, the wrong intentions. And I, it takes me back to when um, I first had got into church. And, you know what I'm saying, my girlfriend at the time, well, my wife now but was my girlfriend at the time. She had just started coming. I think she was there for like two or three months. And my pastor at the time had pulled me in the office and asked me, like, what was my intentions with this young girl? Was I planning on marrying her and stuff? And I'm just like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't even, you know what I'm saying? I'm still trying to figure out what I'm trying to do. <laughs> You're throwing that M word out there. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I come from a background where, you know what I'm saying, divorce is prevalent. I don't believe, really believe in marriage, but I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. But I know at this time, I'm not ready for marriage. And that's what I told him. Like, I'm not ready for marriage at this time right now. It wouldn't be fair to me and it wouldn't be fair to her. But I think about people that are put in that situation and not aren't, aren't strong enough to have that conversation. Yeah, that's you know no, I mean? that's true. That's and, a good point right there. Because some people are ready to hear that. Some people you know, aren't though. Yeah, so you put in that situation, and if you're not strong enough to talk to your pastor because you're kind of scared of him or you're scared of what he might think of you, if you say no, um, you end up in something that you probably really didn't want to be in. No, you're right, man. So you know that's that's kind of. That's kind of I don't know. I, I have something to say regarding that, but we're going to come back to it. We're going to come back to it because I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I definitely agree, though, because I feel like in churches, churches today, it's like they look at you like you're weird. You know what I mean? Like you're 25 years. You're not even dating. Like what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like people get that impression that you have a problem or maybe there's a sin in your life that we don't know about. You know what I mean? They're looking at you like they're ostracizing you or all the couples want to hang out, you know what I mean? And then it's like, oh, here's my single friend. You know what I mean? Like, you're the black sheep, you know? Or they even, yeah. I, I've even seen people get asked if they were gay or people inquired about somebody else. Like, hey, is that person, you know, yeah, what's wrong with them? They don't, they don't think, yeah. oh, that person just ain't ready for marriage or that person is preparing themselves. They legit think something is wrong with that person. And to me, that does, that's one, doesn't make any sense. And two, it's wrong. Like, I don't get the logic behind that. It, there is no logic behind it. Uh, it's a black culture thing, too, I would think, also, because if you've gone to family uh, barbecues and stuff of that nature, and these people aren't church, they'd be like, girl, where your man at? You know you 40, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Your clock, you ain't going to be able to have no kids, and it's kind of like, dang, that's rough. Like, So you're kind of like forced to try to go find something, yeah, even if you don't really like settle. that person. And I, Yeah, you you settle because you don't want everyone talking about you or looking at you crazy like something wrong. A lot of those people end up in horrible marriages for because of that, and and it's weird though because oh go ahead go ahead. No, I'm just saying super horrible marriages, man. I've seen I've seen it from both ends of the spectrum, and I'm just like, man, that's crazy. Like all you legit had to say was I'm working on myself or I'm not ready for that, and there's nothing wrong with not. You know what I'm saying? I think it's 
you find this strength in saying that you're not ready for something yeah. when you aren't ready for it. Like, why would I make a lifetime commitment? And marriage is a lifetime commitment. Or why, why would I make a commitment to anything that I know I'm not going to give 120% mm-hmm. to? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and marriage, you're going to have to give 200% to because, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I say, marriage rough, man. You know what I'm saying? This, you, you have to legit give up anything that you, you know what I'm saying? You have to put yourself on the back burner most of the time for the other person um, a lot of times because you want to make sure that the neither spouse is lacking or feeling that they're not getting what they get. So, you know, um, yeah, be single as long yeah, as you and, can. And that's good that you say that because I feel you like, know, um, you know, like you had mentioned one time is, is are people ready for marriage or they just love the idea of it? You know what I mean? Like, because a lot of people aren't, they don't yeah, even know you, what they're about to get into. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've seen, I've seen older <laughs> people like they're they're telling you about marriage. You know what I mean? And they just sound like the most miserable person you've ever met. They make it seem like they gave up their entire life. Not not in the 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 the, the case of you know compromising and you know becoming one. No, they make it seem like their life has become a living hell because they met a met, married that person, that man, that woman. And it's just like I wonder if singles are aware of the full truth because I know I've heard of the saying, "Misery loves company." And a lot of people want you married because they want you in the mm. same boat suffering. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just not me. I, I encourage <laughs> marriage because I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it ain't easy. Like, I, I have not had an easy day of marriage yet. It's always something about learning, growing, yeah. sacrificing. It is always something. You know what I mean? But ma- ma- yeah, marriage is exactly. what you make it. Marriage is completely what you make it. Um, just like any relationship is what you make it. If you pour and if you feed into your, your marriage and your relationship, then most likely it's going to thrive. But if you um, put it on the back burner, and that's why I say when you put single people together, like if you have two people trying to accomplish their own goals and they're trying to focus on what they're trying to get done, you don't really have time to put into a relationship. And if your spouse or the person that you're trying to court or date or whatever isn't ready to, you know what I'm saying, to let you go after that, then it's going to be, mm-hmm. there's an issue right there already. You know what I'm saying? Like if you have somebody that has an entrepreneur mindset and you know what I'm saying, they just always, you know what I'm saying, always pouring into that, the, the spouse might begin to be like dang they really don't love me or they're not really looking out for me so exactly and that's why it says eve was to help me you know what i mean the goal was marriage is to help (laughs) one another you know what i'm saying and a lot of people they're getting married because their spouse is fine or dude is the most handsome guy they know and then you got a gorgeous (laughs) spouse that's delaying your purpose or you got a good looking man that ain't helping you love god or live for god or reach your potential you know what i mean and i feel like a lot of people are going into it for the wrong reasons and that leads me to my question like all these churches that's like pushing this or trying to encourage everyone to get in a relationship or get married soon are they preparing you for marriage you know what i mean like the the real life marriage and i don't mean you know going to these conferences or singles events because i honestly know some singles that complain about the amount of events they're doing, it seems like they're pushing them, you know, trying to make them marry inside of the church or trying to, you know, hey, guys, it's time. You know what I mean? It's like they're knocking at the door. It's time, you know, trying to get you ready for it. But I mean, like, are they actually mentoring you or discipling you to be ready for that next stage? Like the leaders that aren't, I don't mean people that are saying, hey, um, do you see anybody that looks nice? No, I mean, a lady that'll pull a sister to the side and says, this is how you be a godly woman. This is how you be a good wife. And the brothers, likewise, teaching the younger brothers, because that's what Paul instructed, I believe, Timothy. You know what I mean? The goal of all of Christianity is going to be about discipleship, leading people closer to God's will and being better and um, more effective Christians. And if all we're doing is trying to get people married, we're missing the whole point. 
I, that is not the the end all be all. Bro, the question you just Are posed is the uh, um. I was talking to my friends about it. Yeah, I was I was talking to my friends about this on um on Monday. Like they they talk marriage so much, and it's just like, have you even taught these people how to date or how to even be normal <laughs> around the opposite sex? You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you go around like merge most like church dudes or church girls that are like like they're like locked into church, they weird, bro. They're awkward. They're like it's a it's. You know what I'm saying? You've ever seen them, like, interact and you're watching from, the, like, me, I, I, too, I, I'm bro. an observant person, so I'll watch on the side, like, you know what I'm saying? And I watch, and I'll be like, bro, you really didn't, like, you really didn't know how to do that. Like, you can tell when they like a girl, they're just, like, real, real awkward. It's just, like, you can tell their hands are sweating, they all clamming <laughs> up. It's just, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think you need, I don't think you were taught how to approach, you know what I'm saying, the opposite sex or how to even deal with it, because it looks like you. I'm saying you crashing and burning from where I'm standing in that, and um, <laughs> you know it's just like <laughs> it's like get him, get him some milk, get him some milk. He needs some help, but it's just like man, um, I don't, I don't think they do it because I, I think they're afraid that the the if they teach them how to do that, mm. then it'll end up in sex. And I actually think that if they begin to teach that or how to teach to be normal about to that. sex and stop trying to make it seem so taboo. Yeah. It won't lead to that because when I'm hanging around, you know how to be mature. Uh, yeah, gender, yeah, it's just more. Yeah, it's just normal. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, right? I'm saying I'm just normal. I, <laughs> I grew up in a house full of females, and my sisters always had their friends around, and I always been around females. So it's I'm able to be around females yeah. and not even think about you know what I'm saying sex or anything like that. I can have normal conversations like that's 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 cool. But if you're taught that, that uh, you know what I'm saying, if you hang around girls, and sex is going to happen. When you start to hang around females. That's where your mind goes. Like you're automatically putting yourself in that box. All right, let me cut you off. So, uh, look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm not gonna call any church's name, any organization, or nothing. But all right, so look. So I've been I've been in scenarios where people make hanging around the opposite sex the most awkward thing on the planet, bro. Like you know, boys can't be around the boys and girls can't be around girls. And which, in my opinion, is either gonna cause two things: is either gonna lead them into homosexuality, or two. Or two, it's gonna force oh, them to have such a burning desire for that next, that next, that next um, sex that when you're not looking, they're gonna be doing it. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it doesn't matter. You can't oh, prevent it. You know, so whereas they literally will make the men sit on one side of the church, women will sit on one side of the church, and in my head, because it's not my church, you know what I mean? I don't care. I'll literally sit wherever. And if you want to be uncomfortable, I don't care. I came here to worship. I found a seat comfortable so I can worship God to listen to the word. I didn't come here for any of that. You know, so I went inside of a church one time and then I knew I knew that that was their their thing. You know what I mean? Not they 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 sat beside one another, but when it came to prayer, if the pastor were to say like hold your hands, like people would only hold hands. They would say they would say comments like if it's appropriate, hold your neighbor's hand. And I'm just thinking, like, when is it inappropriate for pray for my sister in Christ? Because I'm viewing her as a sister. You know what I mean? I'm not viewing her as a sex object. And that's a problem yeah. when they don't teach how to interact in a healthy way. We view one another as sex objects, you know? 
So there was a sister beside me, and they said to pray. So yeah. I'm sitting beside a girl, and on the other side of her is another guy. So they said to pray. That guy didn't move closer to her, and I was just like, I don't care. I walked over to her, held her hand, and then <laughs> just prayed. You know, when the prayer was done, I said, Amen. So let it be. You know what I mean? Like, I'm believing God to touch your life. I don't care about yeah. what your gender is. I'm praying for you because I view you as a brother and as a sister in Christ. And you know, and I found and I realized that maybe somebody else could have been there, you know, that probably viewed that as an issue. And you know, God forgive me if I made a brother or sister stumble. But in my head, we have to stop overthinking biblical principles. We have to know how to communicate with one another. And I say that because in one of Paul's writings, he even says to greet one another with a holy kiss. And I don't believe he just met men and men and women with women. It's really just a greeting, like how some cultures will just kiss you on yeah. the cheek. Like if we over-spiritualize everything or we demonize yeah. everything, everything is a spirit. If someone gave you a hug, then that means that they want to have sex with you. Then that shows that our mindset is immature. Yeah. And, and it's not, we're, we're dealing with our flesh and we're not dealing with God yeah. because God didn't call us to separate from one another. The goal is to be a family, period. You know, so I'm not saying, I'm not saying as long as you're a mature Christian, you can't be tempted with sex. If you're tempted by holding somebody's hand, you better not hold that hand. You know what I'm saying? But I don't believe that we should be making these yeah. things bigger than they are because that's what caused the awkwardness in the church. And that's what caused people to not be able to open up about their weaknesses because people feel like, Man, if somebody says, I don't have a problem with that, then we look at him like he's a heathen. Or if she says, I have a problem with that, we look at her like she's full of lust. When in reality, people are just being vulnerable. People are just being open. And if we can't be open in church, then where can we be open? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's, that's, one, of, that's one of my pet peeves. The uh, one the sexes on one side and the other sex on the other side. Also called <laughs> be looking so weird. Like, you got to walk I, to the man. I, mean, I was made an altar worker and they put me. <laughs> And they, and, they, and they put me on, the, I was also working and they put me on the side where the women come up and, you know what I'm saying, as also working, I'm just like, you know, I pray for these females because yeah. I don't want y'all in here looking at me crazy because I didn't been pulled in the office a couple times like, oh, you gotta be careful when you're praying for your sisters. And I'm just like, that's a prayer. You know what I I'm heard saying? for like, a mission. What? Sorry, like, go ahead. If, if they, so it's like, if, if they come for a prayer and I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm supposed to be an altar worker and I can't really work the altar because I'm worried about like people like looking at me. You know what I'm saying? It's weird. Um and I come from Miami culture, man. Them them Spanish women down there, bro, they be kissing you all on the cheek, bro. That's how they show love. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? Hugs and, and, and affection. It threw me off when I first moved down yeah. there, but it became normal. It's just like okay, so this is how you know what I'm saying? This is just this is just culture. Yeah this man, you're right. Because I remember one time I heard from a missionary and He's from Africa. You know, I believe it was Ethiopia. And I'm not going to say Ethiopia is poor, but obviously in every part of the world, there's some areas that are poor. So he's doing a conference and he mentioned there are thousands of people that are there. And you, obviously him and the other leaders, they're praying for people. You know, there, there may be, you know, cases whereas someone may, you know, be in a spirit or someone just may be rejoicing and praising God or someone may be, you know, on the floor crying. Everyone isn't dressed the way they are dressed in America. You know what I'm saying? So everybody isn't in no suit oh, or they yeah. don't have their jeans covered to their ankles and a shirt covering all their parts. Some people may jump and something may pop out of a shirt. You know what I'm saying? So are you saying he's he mm -hmm. has to move away, you know, from praying? For, no, obviously you move away if, you know, you get in a scenario like that. But are you saying these people that may be poor or may not have clothes or anything, they don't they don't deserve prayer unless we can get a woman to them or get the same sex to them. No, we have to be able to reach people where they are. And that's why we have to ask God to renew our minds. You know, so we're not approaching situations 
with carnal mindset or or just thinking about sex. It's not always about sex, you know. So one time I, I had a mentor. He, I want to say, maybe when I was like nineteen, you know. So he's tw- he's ten years older than me. So he's twenty nine, you know. And one time someone asked him, you know, what's his deal? Like, what are you waiting on? You know, why aren't you married? You know, because it, good looking guy, they're assuming he should be married, you know. And then <laughs> they they had the nerve to really ask the man if he was gay, like if, if there's a problem going on. And he said, if all I wanted was sex, I don't have to get married for that. Oh, like, wow. you, you Do you think if, I, if all I cared about exactly. was sex, <laughs> you know, that I would be waiting for marriage? I'd be having sex all over, you know, but they can't believe they couldn't. They couldn't face the fact that, exactly. oh, this is a Christian man. He's living for God and he's not pursuing women for sex because to them, that's not possible. You know, and that shows that there's a problem when we're viewing people. They're reaching a certain age. And we don't believe people are genuinely living for God. We don't believe people are genuinely trying to obey the scriptures. We're just assuming everybody is out here having sex. No, everybody's not having sex. Some people are trying to honor God. And some people, even when they made a mistake, they got right back up. You know what I mean? So we can't, we can't keep on pushing this idea that waiting on God is a crime. You know, there should be no pressure. What's that? And yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, you and you have to understand that most of the people that you deal with, once they get to a certain age, if they want to have sex, <laughs> you bro, they can't stop have sex. Yeah. Like, so you I can get them to learn that. Like, you can't stop it. Like, yeah, I can give you as much advice as I want to give you. But if you want to have sex and you want to have sex, you're going to do it. And there's really nothing that I can do except for be there for you when you come back or if anything happens to you. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's why I think it's also important to um, teach these things and to make sure people know what they're doing because um, if the church ain't teaching them, then obviously they learn it from their friends at school or they're learning from the friends that they hang around. And um, if we supposed to be teaching them the biblical way, I would, we would hope, I would hope that we would want to teach them in a, the right way so they don't get lost right. and trapped in the other way. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. It's just like, you, you want to make sure that you get ahead of something before um, it gets out of control. That's like this coronavirus. If you think about it right now, if, um, the government would have did what they were supposed to do in October, November when they first heard about it and started putting things in place, you know what I'm saying, to get ready for this, it wouldn't be as crazy as it is right now. People wouldn't have to be quarantined in their house for like two and a half, three months um, because you would have got ahead of it and you would have known how to handle it somewhat. There's not saying that you 100% have a hold on it, but you'd be better off then if you like we handle it and not doing anything at all and just yeah, and, uh, and um no so those are good points but i will want to clarify just in case anyone is you know confused we're not encouraging sin in any of your lives please please understand we're saying that sean is a youth leader at his church you know so that's the reason why he has to be realistic to the fact that we're going to be teaching youth but at the same time youth are going to rebel people are going to leave the church and at the end of the day, people are people, so people are still going to do whatever they want to do at the end of the day. You know, so that's the reason why we have to teach sex as God wants us to learn about sex, as a holy thing for marriage. And we can't just teach sex as it's a sin, because a lot of times we don't, the church isn't pushing, you know, wait on, the church is saying wait on marriage for sex, but it's not saying the beauty of sex. It's not saying the consequence of sex. They're just letting you know that you're, you're going to go to hell. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, sex is way more than that. And when you make it seem like sex becomes you know, issue, instead of us seeing it as a righteous thing, or instead of us seeing it as a gift from God, we're seeing sex as though we're seeing a pleasure from God as, you know, the devil's work, or we're seeing, and then that's what happens when a lot of these people, they go and they sin, and they're just like, oh, well, God didn't kill me, I'm gonna keep doing whatever I want, you know what I'm saying? So, 
eggs. And that's the da- that's the dangerous thing right there. It's just like because I've been in um, teachings when they do teach on sex, and it's just like, oh, if you have sex, you're gonna AIDS. If you get if you have sex, you're gonna get the worst diseases. Exactly. And then these people go and they have sex, and nothing happens to them. So then they're just like, well, everything they was teaching was a lie. And I can yeah. just go continue yeah, to do what I'm doing. So. And from that's there, like in the garden slow. when God said, the moment you eat from that tree, you will die. They didn't die physically, but spiritual death occurred. You know, so a lot of people don't notice that that when we say yeah. there is spiritual death because it's it's causing a. Uh, uh, interruption or what with God is causing a separation that we have to repent from because we have to repent in order to make it into heaven. You know, so that's what sin does. You know what I mean? So that's the reason I believe that the church has to do a better job of teaching sex, teaching marriage, teaching singleness, because when we just teach these things as the weight on marriage. Oh, that's that. Or if you do this, you're going to hell. Listen, if all we do is try to scare people, people are not going to be afraid anymore, you know? And that's definitely the reason why we're going to be diving into some episodes that are definitely going to be regarding how the church needs to readdress sex. Because I don't want people thinking sex is a problem. Sex is not a problem. Fornication is a problem. Adultery is a problem. Lust is a problem. Sex is not a problem. There's nothing wrong with sex. It's when you do it out of God's will. It's when you're doing it out of God's context. That's when it becomes a problem. You know, but I do. I will say this. I will say this because we're going to get ready to wrap up this episode now. Um, Sean, you let me know definitely if you disagree or anything, but I will say that there are times when the church should apply a little bit of pressure on people, you know, in regards to, you know, getting married. I don't believe that's the case every single time, but I believe that if you get caught up in one of these like scenarios, then the church should recommend that to you. All right. So if you're a pastor, youth leader, whatever the case may be, or maybe you're no one, you just attend church. If you're just you're not just no one. I'm sorry, lack of um, terminology. You're not like clergy or something. Um, if you're both in the, if you're both fornicating, <laughs> so you're two singles, you're a man or you're a woman, you love one another. Your struggle is sex. Your struggle. I'm not. I'm not going to say your struggle is lust, but because I understand how attractions can be the longer couples are together. But if you guys are in a relationship and you're having sex, I believe you should stop obviously because it's sin but you should be considering marriage because and this isn't to the teenagers who are in sin you just need to repent and get rid of that relationship this is regarding those people who are mature enough to head that direction you need to be able to break that because sex clouds the judgment and a lot of people don't understand that they're in relationships that god didn't put them in because the sex is good or they're they they feel as though this person is the one when god didn't send a person it's just that they're connected because of sex, you know what I mean? So we have to be careful not to allow sex to cloud our judgment. But if you both are fornicating, Paul tells the church in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7 and 9, that it's better to marry than to burn with lust. You know, and, I'm, and that's not to say that if you struggle with lust, you have to get married because you need to address your lust issue prior to marriage because fornication only leads to adultery because lust is all about uncontrolled desires. So if you don't control your desires when single, you won't control your desires when you're married. You know, so when it comes to so when it comes to people that are dating, if you're fornicating, I want to urge you, you need to have that conversation about getting married because you're not pleasing God in your fornication. I don't care what your pastor tells you, your Bible, God's word says that that is not his will. It is God's will for you to abstain from that. First Thessalonians four and three highlighted in your Bible. It is not God as children of God to use our bodies in fornication and adultery and and things along those sides. So I will say, I do believe that couples should consider marriage if they're in those shoes because you don't want 
to allow your blessing to become the thing that destroys you spiritually or destroys your walk with God. And I say another type of category that I would say, the other category I would say that you should consider marriage or the church should push you towards marriage is when you're involved in, in ministry or you're involved as like a pastor or you're involved as like you're, you evangelize or whatever the case may be. I know of a lot of people that are evangelists and they're single. So I don't believe everybody who's just, you know, in ministry should be married. But I believe that the higher God takes you um, in regards to like the fivefold ministry or like a platform type ministry or just you have a great influence is the more temptation comes. I know that for a fact because of Godly Dating 101. There are so many celebrities that follow. There are so many people that do all kind of stuff that follow. There's so many people that message for advice. And when I see their page, I have to immediately get off. The temptation rises the more people, you know, you get, you come into contact with. And God trusts you with the people. You know, you're like a shepherd when you're a pastor. God trusts you with his people. So I believe that if you're leading people, you shouldn't be leading them and single. Because if you're a man, you have to counsel a man. It's no problem. But when you counsel a sister and she starts bringing her needs to you and she starts getting emotionally connected, what went from praying and giving advice could lead to laying hands and it won't be in Jesus name. You know, so <laughs> I know y'all think I'm joking, but I know <laughs> a lot of pastors that lost their oh, way. Yeah. I know Hallelujah. a lot of men and women that lost their way that were very spiritual. They started off spiritual. I know of me that I've done some stupid things and my mindset going into the situation was to help someone. But when you're single or when you're you're not paying attention to the lust that can be coming about, that I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys, you can get into a world of trouble. But this isn't to encourage people that are immature to get married. This isn't to encourage people, oh, uh, I'm a pastor, I need to get married. No, this isn't to demand those things. I'm saying I believe churches should apply pressure like, hey, brother, you know, I don't believe in the matchmaking stuff, but they should be asking you like, hey, what's your mindset? Hey, do you have a timeline you're aiming for? You know, churches should be speaking along those lines. But otherwise, everything else I said in this podcast still says. And Sean, when it comes to pressuring people, what are you thinking? Do you think people should be pressured? Do you think certain scenarios? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I, I'm probably on the opposite spectrum um, from you right there. Uh, if they're both fornicating, I'm not going to pressure them to get married because, like you said, sex uh, clouds judgment and um, – from experience myself from me when me and my wife stopped having sex after I committed to Christ for real, um, it was like a whole new relationship. We actually communicated different and um, it was yeah. like going out again. Like we started over from the jump and uh, telling people to, you know what I'm saying? You should get married because you're fornicating. They might not like you doing anything with each other besides the, the sex that they have. And so um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell them to get, I wouldn't pressure them to get married. What I would pressure them to do, especially if they're in leadership, um, they have to sit down and um, get themselves together and figure out what they want to do. Because if that's, if fornication is what you want to do and that's what you, I can't allow you to be ministering to people or 100%. to be on any type of ministry <clears throat> while you're handling that. Um, and I, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm, I've seen where, you know, that gets out of control and nobody does anything. It's just horrible all, right. all the way around. So, so let me cut you and off to ask you a question. It, yeah, I agree with everything time, you just said, so. by the way, but so you, you use your scenario. All right. So you got saved when you were already in your relationship dating. So you guys were already doing all that, you know, so you got saved and then you decided, all right, in order to honor God, it's like we, you had to hit like a reset button, you know? So I get that. But at the same time, you hit that reset mm -hmm. button and with the intentions that the sex stopped, you know what I mean? 
not as though the sex is continuing, you know. So that's the reason why I feel like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe yeah. I, because I, pressure is a is a is a strong word. So I feel like maybe I'm saying that wrong. But I feel like if your mindset was, man, we still we still trying to have sex, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That and you knew you wanted to marry her, but you knew you couldn't wait whatever amount of months or year, whatever I guess to plan a marriage or the wedding or stuff like that. That's when I would probably say, you know, pressure to get married because I'd say I, I knew of a couple that they couldn't afford a wedding yet. You know what I mean? They're in love. You know, they're newly saved. What they decided to do, they got decide, they decided to get married in the office. You know, they went to the court, mm-hmm. you know, paperwork is done. You know what I mean? And then they just saved towards the wedding day because a lot of people are in those shoes, whereas, yeah. you know, they can't afford that at the moment. You know what I mean? So now they're looking like, we went from having sex every day for three years to now we don't have it at all. And I understand people in those shoes are going to look like, hey, man, you know, God is good. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the only reason why I would say I pressure for them. But no, nah, but definitely I agree with what you're saying, because I don't believe, you know, we should only be getting married for sex, because if that's yeah. if that's the foundation, the marriage won't last. But yeah, yeah as, as you were saying, I just want I mean, to clarify. If, you, if, you're, if they're living together, and they've been together like five years and you know what I'm saying? They just kind of just in this stagnant point to where. I think you can ask them like, what's the next steps? Because I think it's yeah. honestly time for you to decide if you want to take it further or stop wasting each other's time because you know what I'm you right. can't get time back. Um, I would say in that, maybe ask a question and figure out what's going on there. Uh, Cause me and my uh, wife now at that time, we're living together um, and we were, you know what I'm saying? We were doing everything the wrong way, but the reason that I had made that decision and we made it, then she had to, um, do that was because I was trying to strengthen my relationship with God. And that's why I say, like, if you put God first, everything else will fall into place after that. You're right, um, man. If you, if you trying to, if you're doing that just for your relationship, um, relationships fail, you know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, you want God to be at the center of everything that you're doing. So you want to make sure that God has his, his rightful place in the relationship. So maybe you need to take a step back and stop fornicating and then figure out if you really like her. You know what I'm yeah. Outside of the yeah. you know what I'm fornication, take maybe four to six months and get to know her for real outside of that, inside of, you know what I'm saying, um, two different things because, um, like you say, man, um, sex messes you up, man. I've, I've seen people, it messes people up. It messes you up. Like, you ignore every red flag, you, um, every stop sign, everything that you're not supposed to do, you know what I'm saying? Sex has you doing that. And um, a lot of people have lost their way that way. And it's dangerous. It's real dangerous. That's why God wants to be done in the context of marriage because it's not built outside of the context of marriage. But I would strong words. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't force anybody to do that because then when they get divorced, they're going to try to throw it on you like you pressured them to do something that they didn't want to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm not trying to have that conversation because at the end of the day, we're all grown people. We're all mature people and we're all able to make our own decisions. And um, you don't want to give anybody an out. You know what I'm saying? You want to give them out. I want you to do this because you want to do it. Um, I can give my recommendations. I could say maybe you want to stop doing this, but at the end of the day, like I said, grown people are going to do what grown people want to do. And let me say uh, one last point before we close this <laughs> podcast out. Just because you and a person had a child together, oh no, does not mean <laughs> you have to marry that person. That that is what that is what the goal should be. That is, I, I'm not saying for some Christian that go out and go make a mistake tomorrow. No, I'm talking about people that made the mistake in the past. Don't be going out here, leaving this podcast, planning to go sin. What I'm saying is, 
if you made that mistake in the past, you still need to be seeking the will of God if that person needs to be your spouse. You know what I mean? And I'm not one, you know, I'm not on here to advocate for co-parenting or anything along those lines, but I will say the will of God is not for you to make a wrong decision today because of the bad decision you made yesterday. Please don't, uh, please don't force yourself to stay in anything that God didn't give you peace about. So you need to pray about what's best for you, what's best for your child, and you need to ultimately pray what's God's will, not what's going to make me happy, what's God's will. You know, so Sean, I'm gonna leave you with the last word before I close this thing out, brother. Man, um, I, Proverbs one and seven, man. You know I'm saying, fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, man. Uh, fear God, man, and, and, and that's not fear in a sense of being scared of Him, but having respect and reverence for you know what I'm saying His word, um, the things that He wants us to do, because it opens your eyes to so many things that we're supposed to be doing, and you see things in a different light. Um, and that's my favorite scripture because of that sense, because it was actually the scripture that opened my eyes to see things um, in a different way and to view things uh, how they're supposed to be seen, because I was that single. Um, I wasn't in church, but I was that single, and I seen women as sex objects. I seen, you know what I'm saying, like, I was looking at the features, and I wasn't, you know what I'm saying, I could care less if she had any type of, you know what I'm saying, special gifts or anything like that, but um, God made me, she showed me that the way that I was viewing my sisters was wrong. The way I was viewing the opposite sex was wrong. And um, yeah, man, it's, 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 it's a thing, man. Use your singleness to build yourself up and to, mm -hmm. to get the things done that you need to get done. You know, if you go on to school, especially college, you get financial aid. Um, there's so many things that are afforded to single people. Um, you have time, more time to spend with God where you don't have to really answer to nobody else. Um, like me, I got two kids and I got one on the way so that's even more time that I'm gonna have to spend doing that family thing than time that I have to spend with God and um that's one thing I'm like man if I was like really <clears throat> when I was single I would have loved to have been able to do um those types of things while I was single like missions trips and uh you know what I'm saying things there's things for God man that you won't you most likely won't be able to do once you get married or begin to have kids you know what i'm saying so use your singleness it's not a curse it's actually a gift um use that time wisely though. <laughs> yeah man good points because i was going to say that same thing <clears throat> singleness is not a punishment so i understand everybody else in your church may get married and you feel pressured i understand you may be creeping up on 30 40 whatever it may be and you and listen you rat i would rather you wait long and to marry that wrong person. I would rather you accomplish your goals than get married and you can't do anything. There's no room for growth. There's someone hindering you. I would rather you wait until God gives you peace about a relationship instead of pursuing something that wasn't his will. You know, so it doesn't matter what all the leaders and all your friends and everyone else is saying. Ultimately, we have to go by the word of God. We have to go by God's timing and we need to stay accountable to our leadership you know, don't just reject everything they say. Take it into consideration and pray about it. Test the spirits. You know, don't allow don't allow yourself to make any bad judgments just because you feel pressured or just because you feel that you're getting older. But that's going to wrap up the end of today's podcast. We just want to thank you all for tuning in, for listening to my boy Sean Lewis dropping gems of wisdom for both the brothers and the sisters today. We appreciate you guys. If you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and drop five stars. Drop a review. Five-star review. Yes, sir. Like the crazy man just said, drop the review. 
put something in there, whatever it helped you, drop a gem. Let somebody that reads the review know this is worth listening to. We read all of our reviews. We're so thankful for it. We're so thankful for you guys taking the time, whether you were driving, washing the dishes or whatever. You took the time to listen. That means you're investing into your spiritual life. And I pray that your patience won't be in vain. I pray that you honoring God, you will see that is a great benefit. And I pray that God will honor the desires of your heart and God will continue to bless you and your family, especially in the middle of all this crisis. But from behalf of my wife and I, and from my brother, Sean, we just want to say we love y'all and we appreciate you all. Peace. Peace. 